Footy Ado, the Delusional Soccer Podcast. Footy Ado, a soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association. Footy Ado, European Nights. Welcome into Footy Ado, European Nights. That intro uh, never gets old. Listened to it about a thousand times since uh, since making Nick record that one. Um, you know, Nick was the first guest on Footy Ado European Nights, um, our first edition of this, and you know that that podcast really stumbled across the finish line. Uh, Nick does not come well prepared, and we respect him for that. And of course, with Nick's betting bonanza. That's also on the fly. He uh, does not do any research into uh, the fixtures that he's picking. And he usually gets uh, a fair amount of them wrong. I want to say this week, I'm not 100% sure if it it did happen this week, but I think he got the first of uh, 10 fixtures wrong. So he never really had a chance. Um, And, you know, we did hype up uh, on the earlier episode this week, uh, you know, the good old regular Footy Ado episode of uh, Turkish Lord Farquaad. Um, we did hype this this second European Nights episode up with a guest, and uh, it was my job to go around and find someone to bring on the show, and you know what? I did nothing of the sort, so welcome in Jared for his first turn on Footy Ado European Nights. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to be here. Um, great to be first time guest on on the podcast. Um, just just all around very very exciting. Um, so Nick picked Nick picked Southampton to beat Bournemouth. Is that because uh, believe cause Bournemouth, so? Yeah, because Bournemouth won that game three three one, and that was on a Friday. So it did, he didn't even make it to the weekend. No, he did not. He did lose the Friday. I I was. I couldn't remember if it was uh, this past week that that happened, but yeah, he picked ten matches, uh, and the first took place on a Friday, and he didn't even make it to Saturday morning, which is impressive, actually. It is really, it's really impressive. Um, but there's a lot to discuss as far as Champions League goes, um, so let's get started. We'll start with our Tuesday matches. The biggest one involved the Premier League club. A thrashing at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Bayern Munich 7, Tottenham 2. I, for one, did not see this coming. No, um, especially in a game that Tottenham scored first. 1-0. <laughs> in the 12th minute. They scored early and then obviously conceded three minutes later. But uh, Serge Gnabry with his best ever night in North London. Uh, the former Arsenal man. He, he scored four goals, and the longest... I mean, he he scored, like, two, like, quick braces, really. He scored in the 53rd and 55th, and then later he scored in the 83rd and 88th. So, um, and then, also don't forget, Lewandowski scored twice. Uh, Kane scored from the penalty spot as well. Um, Serge Gnabry now has... As many goals at this stadium as Harry Kane. Put that Jeez. into perspective there. That's oh 
That's wild. Yeah, I mean, how many how many games have they played in that? How many games has he played in that stadium? Because he's been out for he had 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 his injuries towards the end of the last season. Uh, more than Canabry. Um, but they again, and that's that's not even the worst of it. The worst of it is is the Spurs, the form that they're in, dating back to last season. I'm not too sure exactly what the number on that is, but they have they have won a minimal amount of games. Yeah, uh, dating back to last. They, have, they definitely have more losses than they would have hoped. Yeah, um, for sure. At this point in Group B, Tottenham are bottom. With one point, uh, you remember they went up two nil against Olympiacos and uh, conceded two, and uh, only got away with a point there. Um, Red Star Belgrade has three points um, after beating Olympiacos, and Bayern, of course, perfect through two matches at the top. Um, see, that's what, see. I have it. I'm looking at. Where are you looking? Because I'm on the UEFA website. Okay, I'm on Google, and it has Tottenham in third, but. I don't know necessarily how this all works because I believe in the Champions League it, it, it has nothing to do with goal difference. Um, it is well, not nothing to do with it, but it's first head-to-head matchups, if I understand correctly. Okay. Um, only because like I'm looking at at Chelsea's group, who we'll talk about later. They are they have a they have an even goal difference where Valencia has a negative two goal difference. Both on three points. Chelsea are below Valencia because Valencia beat them. Fair. Um, yeah, so I guess in this... I, but again, maybe in this Spurs, situation because it was a draw, it does go on goal difference. I don't know if they tally well, in away Spurs, goals. Anyway, Spurs have a better, have a worse goal difference because they lost by five goals to Bayern. So, yeah. Uh, who knows what the... what the? I want to trust the official UEFA website, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know how much I do. That's true. Um, Soccer corporations are historically pretty corrupt. It's hard <laughs> to trust them. Um, uh, classic. Um, so, a couple things to touch on with this with this game. This, it, you know, it shouldn't have been 7-2. The game was more even than the scoreline showed. Um, but Bayern were just absolutely clinical. Yeah. Incre- incredible um, attacking first, play from, from Bayern. That first Lewandowski goal is insane. He's, his ability, he's like going away from the goal outside the box and just the, the clinical finishing that he is able to still do game in and game out is is amazing. Yeah, and, and leading that front line, um, they're, they're always in good hands with him there. You know, Bayern had 56% of possession, um, so not really controlling a lot of the ball, but... Um, they had 21 attempts on goal. 11 of those were on target and, uh, Spurs put eight on target out of, you know, out of 15 total. So, um, this is, it, I mean, this is troubling. For it is. They're out and of the, they're out of the league cup. Uh, losing, they lost to, uh, Leicester city. They almost, I mean, they had a close game. They, they were. Strong enough, they they showed some of their character by being able to beat Southampton a man down. Yes, um, that was big. But then right afterwards, they they have this. You know, they're they made it to the final last year. Now they're playing at home in their new stadium, and they go up against Bayern, um, and then they just get completely destroyed the rest of the way. Um, there's 
there's something going on with this Tottenham team. I mean, we're going to keep saying it. it they are in trouble because, I mean, you look at players like Harry Kane who had scored. He is always going to be loyal and faithful to Tottenham. But there are four senior players in the side that seemingly tried to move on from them. You know, you have, you know, there's the, there's the contract situation with Vertonghen. Uh, Alda Varel might look to go somewhere else. Danny Rose had, had pursued moves. Christian Eriksen has said he wanted a new a new challenge. It's really the end of this run of that core Tottenham team, you know, sans Harry Kane. Um, I mean, you got a couple other pieces. Obviously, we haven't seen Delhi for a little bit. And you have, and, and when we have, um, he hasn't been all that great. Oh, um, no, yeah. He's been, he's been trying, like, I, injuries have really bogged him down a lot. He hasn't been able to get into any sort of flow or momentum. But, you know, Son, they did tie down to a, a, a long-term deal. Um, so they have him there, which he's honestly, I think he's the, the brightest part of their, of their attack. Yeah. You take Harry Kane out of the team and, um, you struggle to see where they're going to get, uh, you know, great play from their center forward, but without Sun in this team, Spurs look a lot worse. Um, for sure. And, uh, uh, Pochettino was asked in the press conference, he said, I think we talk every press conference about my future. I hope we're talking about my future like this in five years. So he's trying to just put an end, whether or not that's true. He's just trying to put an end to the rumors that he wants to leave or he could be, you know, um, you know, out at Tottenham. He's just trying to get that away and put that away and focus on winning matches. Um, so... Well, you know, and the the one thing with Tottenham, they did make the final last year. They're on one point after two games. That's one point better than they were after two games last season. Right, and the, their group is set up with, especially with Red Star Belgrade beating Olympiacos. They're only two. I mean, they're I, Tottenham are still going to get out of this group unless you're know, barring some sort of catastrophe where this yeah. team just really mentally falls apart and there's a, a disconnect between players and manager and players and players. Um, it begs the question, though, moving forward, does, uh, yeah, he, like you said, he's he's been trying to stop these rumors once and for all, but is he going to want to stay and rebuild this team again? Um, he built this team up since he's been there from Southampton. You know, it felt like maybe the next, if he was going to move somewhere, it, it would have been the end of last season. Um, he was, you know, and, and but he ended up staying. Like, there, there was all the talk about Manchester United, and we can talk about Manchester United in a little bit. But it seemed like maybe that was a missed opportunity for both sides. Um, does he want to? I mean, he's going to need these new signings like Lacelso and um, uh, what's his name uh, in Dumbele um, to to really start to show uh, signs of really taking over because their other senior players don't necessarily want to be there. So he needs to get that sort of he needs to see that early. So it's not like. It doesn't feel as much like a rebuilding process. It just feels like they replaced the players they needed to replace and they can move forward. And it's something that needs to be dealt with uh, sooner rather than later. Um, let's move on to Liverpool and Salzburg. Uh, this was a fantastic match. Um, Liverpool go up 3-0 by the 36th minute. Sadio Mane, Andy Robertson, and Mo Salah all score. And then Salzburg pull one back right before the half um, to make it 3-1. And they come firing out of the gates. By the 60th minute, we're tied 3-3. 
Jesse Marsh, uh, we touched on in the first edition of European Nights, being the first uh, American coach to coach in the Champions League group stage. Um, he sprinted down the, the touchline to celebrate with his team, and then just nine minutes later, Salah restores Liverpool's lead, and they come out out of this game with three points. But this was an incredible comeback, an incredible spirit shown by the Austrian Red Bull Salzburg. Yeah, um, what a performance. Uh, and I don't think I've ever seen a player, or it's been a while since I've seen a player make uh, Van Dyke look the way he did on one of those goals. He, he dropped them and, and hit it side netting, which was a, it was just an incredible goal. I don't know if it was the first one or it might have been the second one um, that they scored. But uh, Liverpool, again, they're, they're winners of this competition, and they just showed exactly why they, you know, I think it was, I mean, you got to give Red Bull Salzburg credit, but um, you have to feel that maybe Liverpool probably switched off. But again, if you switch off and the other team can pounce on that, which they did, um, all the credit to them. Excellent performance. It's going to be exciting to see them go throughout the, the rest of the group, see if they can can make it, see if they can maybe take points off of uh, Napoli and become that second team in there. But uh strong, strong win for Liverpool to go up against that sort of uh, comeback, lose all the momentum and be able to clinically take the game back and, and win it. And for, for Liverpool, this was kind of looking like a similar situation like Tottenham. They, um, they of course, lost the first match um, to Napoli and didn't play all that well. And then, okay, we've, we've got up 3-0 We've got this. We're gonna we're gonna take care of this. And then to get pegged back to three three, yeah, you're scratching your head, thinking, is this really gonna happen to Liverpool right now? Are they gonna struggle to get through the group stage? Yeah, are they gonna be Chelsea 2013? <laughs> um, which could you imagine? Could you imagine this Liverpool team loses that game, or even just gets a draw, and then somehow Red Bull takes enough points to get through, and Liverpool fall into the Europa League? How would you feel as an Arsenal fan if? Uh, one of the best teams in the world is in the Europa League, and you have to try and beat them. Um, I think Arsenal will take care of it. <laughs> no, no shot. We'd be out. We'd find a way to go out in the round of thirty-two to FC Vorskla. <laughs> FC Vorskla. They just just squeaked by against them last season, so I wouldn't be surprised. And I don't even know if that's true. I don't remember if that was last year, the year before, or what the the score was over two legs. But um, I don't remember it being a uh, a confident uh, a confident performance over two legs. Um, yeah. So uh, Liverpool find a way to get out. That's the most important thing here. Um, and then. I'm pulling uh, for I'm pulling for Red Bull though. I hope they can make. I absolutely. It, it would be it would be awesome to see Jesse Marsh in the uh, get to the knockout stage. Yeah. What um, an excellent. What an, he's taken uh, more more American coaches need to follow his path. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go overseas and kind of get that sort of training because you you watch him now and it's like I look at him. It's like man, he'd be, I wish we had him as the the national team manager. But again, I think he has, I think if, even if it was Jesse Marsh's choice, I think he would much rather, you know, play in this type of environment, play well, you, Champions League and the leagues and stuff like that and just uh-huh. do and what he's doing. Someone said, you know, hey, just a reminder, the U.S. didn't even request an interview with uh, Jesse Marsh for the job opening. And 
Jesse Marsh didn't want it. He went from Red Bull New York to Red Bull Leipzig. Uh, you know, as an assistant, right? He was to an, as an at assistant at Leipzig last season, and now is uh, the top man at Salzburg. Look, so, this is how you get Jesse Marsh. You change the national team setup. You completely change the name, and you call it Red Bull National Team. And then Jesse Marsh Red, will Red come. Bull USA. Yeah, he'll, then Jesse Marsh will will be begging to manage your club. You know. Boom! There you have it. We've we've figured this out. We've solved a, a pretty uh, pretty small problem, I guess, in this grand scheme of you know the entire world falling apart and whatnot. But uh, sure. that's all for footy do European nights. Um, so I do want to uh, pivot now, real quick. Juventus beat Bayer Leverkusen three 0 Not uh, you know a all important match in terms of us covering it. But, but they, the Juventus needed to bounce back. They did. And I just wanted to touch on this match because I nearly placed a nice uh, three, three-leg three parlay for uh, players to score at any point. In the Juventus, the Juventus Leverkusen? Um, in the three matches that we have now discussed, this, this oh, being the third. Okay. And you, I, you I, I forgot to place the bet. I had it saved in my bet slip, never placed the bet. Which is why it probably hit. So give me. So we talked. What was the game we talked? We talked Tottenham. So you picked Tottenham. Nabry to, Nabry I picked. Score, I picked Lewandowski. Lewandowski, easy. Yes. Um, then I picked Sadio Mane. To score, okay. And just, they just had to score. Yes, didn't have to be the first goal scorer or the last goal scorer. Just picked him to score, and my third choice. Was, was Cristiano <laughs> Bernadeschi? Yes, um, was Cristiano Ronaldo? So, and by all, like eighty fifth sounds... minute, eighty fifth minute, I'm like, oh, no big it. deal. Yeah, Ronaldo I... hasn't scored yet. Boom! Ronaldo scores in the eighty ninth minute, and I'm kicking myself. Yeah, because well, like uh, on its face, when you look at that, it's like, oh wow, you predicted Mane, Lewandowski, and Ronaldo to score. That's like easy. Obviously, going to happen. But it would have been interesting had you actually placed the bet and you were sitting there for the eighty for the for the end of that game. While oh man! And Ronaldo scores at the end. You would have lost your mind. I'd fucking cashed out, man. Yeah. How much would you have won? Um, I'm I can't remember. I I was gonna place like five down, win like somewhere between like fifteen and twenty or something like that. Um. Yeah, so, you know, fuck me, right? Sure. I'll put one. Uh, I'll put one down for match day three, and I guarantee you, all three players will be stretched off in the fifth minute. Well, don't tell us what you're gonna do because that's not your place. You don't tell people what to bet on on this show. That no, is, that, that is, is that job. is Nick's job entirely. Um, uh, let's just want, round up. Listeners to win money. So, <laughs> um, quick. One minute, let's discuss Real Madrid Club Bruges. Bruges up 2-0 after two goals falling down from Bonaventure. Uh, and Thibaut Courtois subbed off at halftime. Um, you're not a big fan of Courtois since he uh, left Chelsea, are you? Not a huge fan. I mean, there, there were Chelsea... Um, there were... There were uh, Chelsea fans who hated him more refer to him as a snake and whatnot. But like for me, I wasn't as mad about it. It was like obviously like he wanted to go somewhere. His family's back in Spain. Um, I was more. I was never. He never really took 
charge of being a Chelsea player. Um, I don't think he not not quite the way that Kepa did in the uh, Carabao Cup final. (sighs) Exactly. Yeah, he said, "I am a player. I am not leaving the field." (laughs) Um, No, but you can tell. I think even just overall, like based on what Kepa has done, he he seems very happy to be there. Where Courtois was sort of just doing a job. You know, he didn't really he didn't show so that much love for for a club that that bought him and and picked him over uh, one of their longest serving uh, players in in Petr Cech. They showed him a lot of faith. They ended up, I think he had an issue with one of their goalkeeping coaches. They fixed that. They got him a new goalkeeping coach that he wanted. They did a lot for him and he didn't really show um, you know, show that it meant that all that much. Or he didn't show that much. He didn't return the love as much as, uh, you know, Chelsea fans would have liked. Gotcha. So, again, I wasn't too like, okay, he never really wanted to be here. It didn't really seem like he wanted to be here. So, like, fine, let him go. Um, but, you know, and it, it was more baffling to me that he wanted to go so bad to a team that had won three Champions Leagues with a very solid goalkeeper who you can argue is better than him. And he, he sort of had an entitlement. It kind of seemed like there was an entitlement that he belonged at Real Madrid and should have been the starter. And it just seemed weird because it was never clear that he was going to be... I think the main reason he started a lot of their games once he first got there is because of the price they paid for him. Because you base it on merit, like, I think Kaylor Navas should have been playing. I, and I think Courtois is an excellent goalkeeper. He was the best keeper at the at the World Cup. He... You know, he's an excellent shot stopper. He's not the smartest tactically in controlling his back line, but he's a very solid goalkeeper. Um, but a rough a rough half for him against, against Club Bruges. Yeah, uh, getting subbed off at halftime for, for anyone, you know, if you're a position player, it's you don't want to be subbed off at halftime. You don't want to be subbed off at all, really. But for a goalkeeper... That is just, it shows your manager has no faith in you. That's, that's what I take that as. Um, you gave up two goals. You're, you're, you're down 2-0 at the half to a, a much lesser side. We can't trust well, Ian Goal. Of course, there have been reports now. So it was originally reported that he had been taken off due to panic attacks. Saying panic attacks. Um, Real has recently come out and refuted that i believe he had um they're saying this is this is from Telereport. i don't know how um how trustworthy just where this is it says our player has never been diagnosed with panic attacks so that information is absolutely incorrect real said emphasizing that courtois was being replaced because he had diarrhea and dehydration symptoms well, um, all right. It's, an, it's, it's like 30 ex- seconds before the second half starts. It's like, Arioli, you got to come on because he's still on the toilet. We can't. Yeah. He took some pre-workout. <laughs> For real. Um. <laughs> he took some pre-workout on shoulder day like Jared did it every single time and yeah. can't make it out for the second half. Nope. Um, all right. <laughs> it's like the Edelman. It's, no, it's like the Wes Welker Old Spice commercial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you took um, a 30-minute shower and missed the second half of the game. It's it's an interesting situation, though, because now they have Ariola who was... Who starts at the weekend. Who starts the weekend, and, I mean, he was a solid keeper for PSG last year. Now, yeah. obviously, Navas is over at PSG. Um, but, you know, I don't... that Cour- Courtois, again, that spot isn't his. He hasn't locked that down at Real Madrid. No. 
Um, which is just why it was so crazy that he was so adamant about going, going there and kissing uh, the badge, uh, for kissing his first badge ever. Right. I don't think he ever. I don't know if I ever saw him kiss a badge at Chelsea. Um, so it's he, he he did say when he was signed, he said, "I never kissed a, another badge because it's not where I wanted to be." Right. It's yeah, um, so it's easy to root against or root against him, yeah. not be too bothered by him underperforming. All right, and that was our five-minute, one-minute segment on Club Bruges and Real Madrid. Um, let's go to Chelsea and Lille. Um, 2-1, Chelsea get the victory away. Um, not all that convincing. Uh, Tammy Abraham opened the scoring in the 22nd minute. Um, Osman scored in the 33rd. I said that quickly because I'm not confident in the pronunciation. Williams winner in the 78th. Um, gives Chelsea all three points away from home, but Lille looked good. Um, Lille did, yeah. They looked they looked um, bright, and I I paid for this game on BR Live, and once that Lille scored, I, I like, have oh. BR Live stop paying for it. Okay, okay. The game was already on. I was rushing I, to do it. It was two dollars. To be clear, like, Jared, I paid for BR Live throughout the summer. I've been paying a, on a monthly I'll, basis. I will. I will I will log into your BR Live once you remember the password and email combination. That's not the problem. That's the ESPN Plus problem. And it you it told you I did not have ESPN Plus, and I watched the game two days. You know, know once else. once we're done on here, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you my logins. All right. That's sure sure. Um, big talking point we mentioned earlier this week. Um, why is Christian Pulisic not playing? And this time he doesn't even get a mention. He does not get into the 18-man squad. Um, they start with uh, with Willian and with Mason Mount out wide, I believe. A bit of a yep. different formation for... Uh, right, it, they, they, they ran the back three. Yes. So. Um, and then on the... So <laughs> Tammy Abraham up front. They started with one striker. I talked to you about this before the game actually started. They brought uh, Giroud... And Co- era and uh, yeah, and Kovacic. What the fuck am I talking about? They, they bring, brought they, well, they did bring Kovacic. They did, He's but they brought they brought Giroud and Batshuayi. Um, seemed pretty unnecessary for a team starting with one striker to bring two on the bench. Right. And I guess you could also then say they brought Pedro and Hudson Odoi, so they didn't really need to bring a third winger. Um, so I, I understand it from that point. But I think the biggest part here was that Mason Mount has kind of been used more in a central uh, position and, you know, him being moved out wide um, takes away takes away another spot and Pulisic is the casualty in this in this lineup. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they weren't that great with the back three. Um, they sort of worked better when they switched, I believe it was to like a 4-3-3. Um which, you know, it was great to see. Great to see a manager at Chelsea. Um, slight, I guess, slight dig at Sarri, but, like, you know, making that change and having it work out. He changed for Having change, some... We saw yeah, last not, year. Not picking the same 11 players week in, week out, never changing a thing, no matter how bad it goes. Right. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I would have hoped to see him start. Obviously, I mean, it's, it's a long season. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be rotation. Um, I don't want to overreact too much. I really wish he would have played today but I but again it's you know we don't see what's going on in training we don't see what the manager sees um and again remember like he talked about it a little bit to the press so maybe that's a little thing like Frank saying like 
you know what, you're not in the squad today because not not just because of what you said, but because you said stuff that you know, you were talking to the press. Don't worry about the don't like you, you made it. Like, just, you made it public. Here's your punishment. Type right. Thing. Put your head down and prove to me on the field, on the training ground, why you belong right. uh, to uh, belong to start, belong to play. Uh, that doesn't. That's not a grammatically correct. Sentence, deserve to start. Deserve to play. Deserve to start. Sorry. <laughs> belong on the field. Um, Woo. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna panic Footy yet. One. Footy one, I'm not gonna panic yet. Um, you know, obviously having him has has done something to William. William is playing pretty well, so as long as William's playing well, he he deserves a, a spot in the side. So uh, obviously moving forward, I think what I would like is to have Hudson Adoy uh, out wide, Mount in that central position, and then you know moving forward either William the the veteran player or Pulisic on that on that right hand side. But I think we're going to see more of them. It's it's only October, so there's so much that can happen. Like you said in our last episode, I think the next couple games are going to be pretty big because of the you know I think I think they are a solid stretch of games for him to get a look and at least one of those games just to try and prove himself. And if he proves himself, maybe he gets another look or gets a substitute appearance in the next game. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, but like you said, Leo looked good. Chelsea weren't too convincing. Once they gave up that goal, I said this is I thought to myself, this is this is exactly what this team needs. There was a lot of young players in that squad. Reese James got a start, you know, you had Tam Abraham, Mason Mount, Hudson Doy ended up coming on. They need to be put up against it in a huge competition like this. Um and they, you know, Frank made the changes, Hudson Doy came on, was an impact sub yet again, got another assist, and I think that's exactly what this team needed was a tough a tough away victory in the Champions League. That's that's only gonna help them moving forward. And now let's uh shift to our, our pretty much our last talking point before we uh touch on the Europa League very quickly. Um Barcelona two, Inter Milan one. Luis Suarez brace gives uh Barcelona the comeback win after Latara Martinez scored in the third minute for Inter Milan for Antonio Conte's Inter Milan. Very um, upset. Very upset. <laughs> I saw they were winning. I was like, I hope this game, I hope they end up winning this game and then we can all just like start paying attention to Inter because Conte's doing a great job, of course, in the league, which isn't surprising because he's amazing in league and not in cup competitions. So, um, but that messy magic, you know, setting up those, setting up that, that goal at the end, um, but uh, Suarez, hey, all power to him. I, you know, I thought looking at him last year, looking at him in the World Cup, I thought it was really the beginning of the end for him. But you know, two two big goals against a good side. So. Yeah. So the the first goal is a, a great volley um, from either just outside or just on the edge of the area um, to the bottom right uh, of the goal. Really, no way to stop that. And then the second is set up brilliantly by a, a fantastic run from Lionel Messi. Um, he just does it time and time again. Finds Suarez in the box, and boom, there you go. Three points for Barca. And uh, you know, it once again. It, this was a great match. It really was. Um, and now uh, Barcelona on four points. Inter Milan still stuck on one. Um, Borussia Dortmund also in that group with four points and Slavia Prague with one. Um, so after last season, after last season's semifinal collapse from Barcelona, 
do you think that they can, you know, uh, make a real run at this this trophy again? Yeah. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. They haven't really impressed me too much that season, this season. I haven't really watched a lot of them, but um, have, having Messi back is going to be is going to be big. But again, they had Messi when they. Uh, when they lost it last year. I mean, right now they're in fourth in La Liga. Um, I mean, they're only two points off of Real Madrid, which it's kind of insane that Real Madrid is on top of La Liga right now, considering how much we talk about how Zidane needs to go um, in the media and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, the Barcelona haven't been far and away one of the best teams you look at, like, throughout Europe. You know, I'd say Man City are better, Liverpool are better, um, PSG look really solid. You have Bayern Munich, I think, are ahead of them. Even Inter Milan, even though they beat them, I think Inter Milan are a really strong side. So it's it, and then I haven't even meant it, mentioned uh, Atletico and Juventus. So I think it's going to be tough. They are nowhere near the favorites, but maybe that's where they want to be. Maybe that's they're they're gonna try to take this little underdog uh, type thing, you know. They they have so many attacking players that I, I it's it's tough for this team to really it's a it's a good issue to have when you you're like oh which world class player do I do I pick today? But it also gets to a point that like it's it's tough to keep all those guys happy and there's egos and whatnot. So we're gonna see over the course of the season if Barcelona can withstand that. Um, that uh, psychological effect, I'd say. Um, so let's uh, let's touch very quickly on the Europa League. As we mentioned last week, our focus in the Europa League is really going to be on the English clubs, two of which were victorious this week. But let's first start with Man United getting a nil-nil draw away to AZ Alkmaar. Yikes. It's yeah, it hurts to hurts to say that one. Let's um first remember it's the Europa League. But let's look at let's look at the lineup. You know, they went with De Gea. Um at left back they had uh Williams, who the fuck is that? Um in the center of defense it was it was <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, I, that's, that's the best I can do. In the center, the there. Yeah, in the center of defense it was Marcus Rojo and uh, Lindelof, and at right back they had uh, Delo. So we haven't seen much of him uh, this season with the signing of Juan Bissaka, but a chance for him to get out there. Um, they started with Mason Greenwood up front. Daniel James got the start. Fred in midfield with uh, Nemanja Matic and uh, and Gomez, which Gomez I think I know, right? Oh, my God. these I need to learn more about the Man United youth squad if I'm going to talk talk about the uh the Europa League fixtures I guess. Um I forgot. I, I was wondering the other day I was like where is Nemanja Matić? Is he hurt? Like we haven't seen him. No, he's all. he's just like 40. Yeah. How old is he? Um 33 maybe? 31? Yeah, he's only Matic. 31? He's, he's a big serp. He is not even a month older than brother Nick. He was born he on is, August 1st. He is a month younger than Brother Nick. Fuck. Well, the thing is, do you see Nick get into a Manchester United team? Um, I don't see uh, Nick getting... With his conditioning? Uh, no, 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 certainly not. 
the only way he gets on the field for Man United is uh, with security guards chasing after him. Yeah, this is so. This is good. This is good because now we'll get to see if he actually listens to the episode. Which he won't because he's a fucking asshole. That guy. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but uh, before the match, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer says, uh, "This is one of the worst uh, fields I've ever seen. This is one of the worst pitches I've ever seen." Um, if you hear noise right now, that's Maya scratching on the door to come in and play with Maisie, who is asleep. I don't hear it, so relax. Um. She might start to bark. It's just a, a forewarning. Um, but listen, two games played, Manchester United on four points. It's Even in the Europa League, it's tough to go perfect. But you think your your nil-nil draw uh, is going to come closer to match day five or six when you've sealed things up. Um, do you see this as a problem for, for Manchester United, or is it just kind of a, you know, they, they, they didn't get the points, and that, let's move on with it. They'll be fine. Um, I don't know. They're going to need to get points, um, at home because they're right now they're in their worst, uh, away streak in like quite some time. I, I, I'm not sure what is that. The, that's the actual stat. Worst away streak in quite some time. I am. You know what, Zach? I, I don't know exactly. I'm looking for it. Thank you. Got... Thank you for giving us that footy ado expert analysis. Thanks for coming on the show. I am just a guest. <laughs> I am just a guest on. Listen, I struggled to get episode. through that Man United uh, starting eleven. I thought I'd be better at that. Yeah, you didn't recognize anyone. You're like, who is this? Uh, who's this youngster? Who's this who's youngster this, uh, Juan Mata? Who's this uh, Lingad uh, fella? Oh who, yeah. Who's this David De Gea guy? <laughs> who's that? <laughs> who is it? Yeah, who's that? Uh, De Gea? De Gea? What the? What? I mean. It, is what's this guy over here? Good old David DJ. Um, yeah, so you're, you're right. It is. I, I'm, I'm not making fun of you when I say it. It's their worst away run in quite some time. In quite, it is quite um, some time. Um, I'm trying to find it. I got an update somewhere. My phone told me what their. Uh, Your phone tells you about Manchester United? That's I follow. Pretty, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Every, I follow Premier League. Uh, every Premier League uh, side on Bleacher Report. At all twenty, all twenty. That's a bad idea. I follow the top. Yeah. I follow the big six. Um, so do I. But I follow the uh, little fourteen as well. Speaking of big six, let's move on to Wolves and Besiktas. You like that segue? Sure. Um, do we have? Do we do delusions on this on this podcast? Uh, no. European Knights is a delusion in its in itself. In itself, that is true. Well, here's a delusion. Well, not really a delusion. And here's my take. Wolves will go farther than Manchester United in this competition. I like that. Here it is. I don't I don't know what you're basing it off of, but I like it. Willie Bolly with a 93rd-minute winner. A 1-0 win. Away to, Besiktas. Away to Besiktas. Away to Besiktas. Before you finish that sentence, I got the stat here. It is their worst run away, worst run of form away from home in 30 years. They are now without That is quite some time. That is quite some time. They are without a win in 10 successive games away from Old Trafford. Oh, boy. Worse since 1989 when they went 11 games without winning. So, um, All right. You, said, uh, you we, said Wolves uh, scored against Besiktas? Yes. Uh, Wolves get three points away to Besiktas. Um, they're, Wolves are starting to look a little bit better. They got their first Premier League win. 
Um, and now they get their first Europa League group stage win of the season. Nuno Espirito Santo will be uh, in a much better mood now. Relieved. Um, guess who started for Besiktas in that midfield, though? New baby, thanks, Allah. Moel Nani on loan from Arsenal. Cannot get it done. Uh, so sad. I'm I'm really rooting for this Wolves team, though, um, as far as the Europa League goes. Uh, you know, unless they come up against Arsenal. Honestly, even if they do come up against Arsenal, knock them the fuck out. I don't want to have to watch football on Thursday nights. It's, I got things to do. I got podcasts I got, to record. Listen, I got a job. I barely work at it, but, like, come on. I still got it. Like, it gets in the way. Um but a that that late winter away from home is going to be a huge confidence boost going into the weekend and going into the next round of fixtures for for Wolverhampton. Um, our final note of the show: Arsenal four, Standard Liège nil. Two goals from Gabriel Martinelli, the new signing. Uh, two goals about 130 seconds apart from each other. Uh, Joe Willick scores, and Danny Ceballos gets his first Arsenal goal. Um, Gabriel Martinelli has now played in two matches and has scored four goals. So we could see him, just like Bukayo Saka, um, get some Premier League game time. Um, he's certainly not going to put Aubameyang out of the side at center forward, but um, you could see him involved in the 18 uh, this coming weekend against Bournemouth. Yeah, let's hope so. I, I Here's my take. I know, uh, here's my take on Arsenal. I think... Um, I mean, they're in fourth place right now in the Premier League. Um, big win. It's, we're home, they, baby. We're home. <laughs> it's coming home. They've uh, they've done very well so far in the Europa League. Um, play play the young guys. There's there's a lot of turmoil going. Even though they're in fourth, there's a lot of talk about this team and how far off of it they are. Um, and, like, you look at that, even, like, Tottenham, like, the quality of Manchester United, the quality of Tottenham, Arsenal, it is, it, it, it's evident that they are struggling right now. Where we're not talking about it is with Chelsea. Obviously, Chelsea has the new manager in Frank Lampard. They have the transfer ban, um, which, I, you know, is, is beginning to be, I think, a blessing in disguise because you get to play all these young players. But we're not talking about Chelsea at dip in quality because they're playing all these young guys who have to grow into their roles and grow into the team, and they have a lot of promise. They're only one point behind Arsenal. I think Arsenal's got to start, put, play Joe Willick instead of Granit Xhaka. Play, you know, have, Xhaka can still be the captain. He's great off the pitch. He's great in that locker room, but he's not the best person to have out on the field. Play some more of the young guys. And, and with, with Arsenal, when Lucas Torreira is starting in Xhaka's spot, then that opens Torreira's spot for Joe Willick. Um, right. If Lucas Torreira playing in that holder role, Arsenal have looked great. Now, mind you, it's been against Frankfurt, Liège, and Nottingham Forest, but still, they haven't. That's twelve goals scored, none conceded. Um, and even considering the opposition, it, so, in like, those three games, you also have to perfect. you also have to think about the fact that Mustafi has started those three games. Shkodron Mustafi has kept three clean sheets this season in three appearances. Yeah. I don't care who the opposition is. That's just mind-blowing. Right. Um, 
more more clean sheets than Van Dyke this year. Wow. Van Dyke's only got two. I just think I think Emery's got to start considering maybe playing those guys more regularly. Try them in the league. Try them against better opposition. See if they are um, are gonna you know be the be the answer to some of their issues because right now the senior guys that they're playing some of them aren't the answer and they're struggling um and they're only one point above a team that's that's trying the youth which yeah. it's weird that it's Chelsea after all this time Chelsea is the team that's really playing yeah. a lot of uh, the, players. we've been talking about the Chelsea loanies for how long but right. um with this Arsenal team they're getting they're getting healthy now Hector Bellerin started for the first time since his injury um 250 plus days ago, captain the side. Uh, Kieran Tierney started and played 90 minutes a left back. Um, Very like, like I mentioned, that no midfield, Torreira, Willick, and Ceballos in midfield, that's a, a, a very good midfield trio that you have. Um, and especially considering Guendouzi is not even involved there. Guendouzi right. did come on um, as a sub for Joe Willick in the 74th minute. Um, but, you know, you have, you have options ahead of... Uh, Granite Shaka, and then um, you know Reese Nelson, Gabriel Martinelli, and uh, Ainsley Maitland Niles were the front three this time out. Uh, Maitland Niles has been talking about you know the fact you know I'm not a defender, I'm a natural forward, so I'm trying to learn my trade at, at defense because that's where the team needs me. Um, and instead of uh, Emery taking the Frank Lampard approach, he uh, gave Maitland Niles what he wanted, and he gave him a start on the right wing. Um, but just one quick thing. 18 players involved in a, in a match day squad. Mesut Ozil, once again, not in the 18. He has just made two appearances this season, um, both coming off in the 71st minute, uh, being subbed off in the 71st minute. So um, the feud is back with Ozil and Unai Emery, and as long as they continue to win, Emery's going to win that. But if it goes south, it goes sour, um, Emery's going to take some big, big criticism from the fan base, from the board, whoever, whoever it's going to be, that uh, their highest earner is not in, involved in the 18. Yeah, yeah, I, very interesting to see. I mean, with with Ceballos playing, um, you know, I you don't really see a play. I don't know. I think Ceballos is really just going to take that away from Ozil. Having Ceballos there is really going to. I don't think Ozil is really going to find a place uh, as often as he'd like. But I, I just back, just back to my point overall. I think why not play the younger guys like Willick in a in a big game if they don't if they don't perform up to what you're hoping or what you want in a game like that for the side. Um, you know, if they struggle a little bit, it's a learning experience. Whereas if you play a senior guy like Chaka, who's been here before and has played these games before and has struggled before, he's not learning anything. He's just not up to grade. Give these other guys a chance to see if they can be up to up to snuff for this. Um, I think it'll do them better in the long term. I, uh, I struggle to disagree with you, with you there, um, as much as I like disagreeing with you. Um, I'm all you for do. playing the babies. Finished? <laughs> Bread makes you fat. Um, that that pretty much when we start quoting for no reason Scott Pilgrim versus the world, that pretty much finishes out the show. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Footy Ado. Like, 
subscribe, rate, review, send us questions uh, that you want us to talk and topics that you want us to talk about on the show. We'll be back um, with another episode um, or another regular episode of Footy Ado um, following the weekend slate of fixtures. Let's just take a real quick look before closing it out at our biggest matches of the week. Do we have anything all that exciting? We've got uh, Liverpool and Leicester is going to be the big one Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Looking forward to that and looking forward to discussing uh, the aftermath the aftermath of that with you uh, this coming weekend, Jared. And as always, yeah. uh, European night. Pardon our French. <laughs>